Welcome back to the newest season of the Dr. Bo Show. I know it has been a hot minute. I've just been off doing other stuff. And while I was off doing other stuff, some things came to light about my own health. And I alluded to this in a previous episode of uh, Coming Clean, if you go uh, take a look at those. I kind of talk about some of these health issues I faced, uh, but now I just uh, it hit the head with uh, things happening with our daughter and myself and I mean, it sounds kind of crazy to say because I consider myself an overall health practitioner, not just a conservative musculoskeletal practitioner. And I've really had to come to terms with, am I investigating my own health issues, even though they may be not presenting as major health issues today, but there's clues to things that could be causing some uh, down the road, possibly big issues, uh, or am I just kind of sticking my head in the sand? So. This season of the Dr. Bo Show, I'm going to try to break these episodes up into 15 to 20 minute increments because nobody wants to hear me drone on about myself for hours on end. And if you do, then you can just binge listen to all these or watch these on YouTube. But let me go back to when all of this first started. And I'm going to jump around um, in a non-chronological order through my entire life on this season talking about health and how different things have shown up and how things may be correlated, may not, uh, but we're always trying to draw connections, uh, just like a patient when they come in, when we take a history, we want to know everything. You know, people sit down in that chair and sometimes I'll go, okay, tell me what's going on. They'll go, how much you want to know? Everything. So we opened the farm in 2014, uh, Valentine's day of 2014. Sometime in the next six months, uh, as any responsible adult would do, we had some income coming in and we said, hey, we want to protect uh, what we're building. So let's sign up for some life insurance, right? We're becoming adults. Uh, so if you sign up for life insurance, you know that you usually go to a facility or they send a nurse out and they take your blood pressure. They run some labs. They, you fill out a questionnaire. Our info was returned a few days later. Sloan's was completely normal. I would assume uh, me... Figuring that, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life, I eat very healthy, I'm out, you know, competing in trail races, that everything would be totally normal. Well, my AST and my ALT, uh, two liver enzymes, were slightly elevated. We're just saying slightly. My life insurance company made me sign a rider, which means that they will exclude anything that would pertain to some sort of liver pathology if that's what uh, was determined as my cause of death. Uh, and then they said, Hey, we can repeat these in, uh, you know, a year, six months. And if everything's clear, we'll take the rider off of your life insurance policy. So this was my first little clue. And I didn't honestly worry about it. I just kind of thought, eh, you know, slightly elevated nobody's blood work is homogenous to the population because there's genetic variances and all these things slightly elevated. Does that mean that much? And I mean, I looked into it, but I wasn't that worried. So when we went for the repeat test, which uh, I'll share at some point that I had this massive spreadsheet that I've started to uh, accrue where I'm, you know, calculating daily health stats based off uh, some things like my aura ring uh, and just tracking like supplementation and HRV and all these things, uh, along with, uh, you know, some things on our daughter because our daughter's health has been challenged lately. And that's... Uh, Having some of my own issues, I'll talk about uh, is, you know, a couple Slonernized issues, maybe some of Sloan's issues we'll bring her on here as we go through the season. Um, but on that follow-up test, which was April 9th of 2015, this was the first labs that I actually kept. And I have labs all the way from 15 to today. Um, 
at least annually, maybe every six months, sometimes quarterly, and sometimes surrounding illnesses, working with my functional medicine physician, who is Dr. Lee St. Petrie, who is a DO here in Birmingham, a fantastic physician. Those very next labs that were supposed to clear me of this rider on my life insurance policy actually came back and uh, everything was normal. And the only thing that was off though, now my liver enzymes were normal, my white blood cells were uh, slightly decreased. My MCV or mean corpuscular volume was slightly increased and my neutrophils were a little bit low, absolute neutrophils. So 1456, which is not great. Uh, that's probably a third, maybe a little less than third of what they should be. So again, I uh, didn't think too much of it, just kind of, you know, why are my white blood cells low? Why is it uh, what's called neutropenia? So that's a distinct uh, lymphocyte, neutrophils is low. It wasn't this total, uh, you know, uh, leukopenia where you have multiple uh, white blood cells that are low, just uh, neutrophils. And then also we pulled out because we were running bigger labs. This was with Dr. St. Petrie and my vitamin D levels were just in the tank, uh, 28. Not great for, um, in 2015, I would have been, uh, gosh, 30, uh, around there. Yeah. 31. So I'm starting to think, you know, what's going on here. And, uh, you know, one thing that was starting to show up because at this point I had been trail running for two, three years, pretty heavily. And if I started going on longer runs, uh, I would have what's called gross hematuria, uh, or macrocytic hematuria. I would, you would, I would pee blood. It wasn't trace, right? Trace or microcytic hematuria means that, uh, if I go do your analysis, they're going to say, Hey, you had some red blood cells in there, even though you may not be able to see it. And, uh, this would only happen on, you know, longer runs. Uh, maybe if I was, it seemed like, uh, I was really dehydrated. And that was always, you know, obviously a little worrisome. Um, if you stop in the woods or you get done with a run and you pee and it looks uh, either very dark or completely red, uh, that's a little scary. Now, back up to, I believe it was sophomore, junior year of high school. <clears throat> I believe it would have been junior year because our uh, high school built a brand new gym that had a bathroom within the gym. And I remember in the middle of the workout, I went to the urinal and uh, was urinating and it was look, what looked like either pure blood or wine punch, one of the two. And I didn't drink wine punch at that time in my life or maybe any time. Uh, does anybody remember wine punch? Terrible. Uh, and I immediately freaked out, didn't talk to anybody, left the gym, uh, called my mom. She had me in with a urologist, I, I think later that day. And went to the urologist, they checked everything out. They're like, everything's normal. Um, a, a urinalysis that day, no sign of hematuria or red blood cells or anything. Uh, so they asked me about supplementation at the time. This was in a high school. I was a football player. I was taking creatine and protein. And my mom always thought that like these things were going to kill me or they were some sort of steroid, which now when we look at uh, supplements and how they'll, uh, some people will get tripped for PEDs because there's things in the supplements and it's about, I want to say the stats, like 80% of supplements have, uh, a non listed item within them. Uh, maybe there was something in there, but she thought these things were destroying my kidneys because at this point in time, creatine was thought to take quite a hit on your kidneys. I honestly think because we thought that it was highly correlated or even the name sounded 
similar to creatinine, which we know is not a great byproduct you want to see in your urine, which would be a uh, basically an indicator of excess uh, protein in the urine or muscle breakdown. I don't know if that was the cause, but I had no other, uh, you know, nephrotic your ur uh, urinary issues, nothing like that. And then that never repeated itself. Well, I also never ran as much as I did, uh, until I graduated college, moved to Alaska, got into trail running. Now there is something called, um, uh, marcher's bladder where, um, the, it's thought that if you have urine in your bladder and you go do things that have a lot of excessive pounding, like running up and down hills, uh, at a decent clip that the, the jostling of the fluid within your bladder can cause hematuria. So I just wrote it off to that. And that's what I thought it was. I was like, man, I go for some runs. Um, maybe I'm doing more downhill. I'll pee blood. And again, I know this sounds crazy coming from a health practitioner that you're just writing this off, but you're trying to go through this process of don't catastrophize, which happens too often and think about what it, the most likely thing that it could be. Um, during this time also, I uh, was starting to, well, let me back up again. So when I first started running in Alaska, this is going to, again, going to sound a bit weird, but I uh, would go for a run. This is when I very first started training. I did my first 5K in Eagle River, Alaska, the Bear Paw 5K. Uh, I've told the story before, but I got beat by a mom in the last 800 meters pushing a trike stroller with a kid in it. I ran a 20 minute flat 5k for my first one and she beat me. So first of all, she's a stud. Second, I made sure that was never going to happen again. But when I would, uh, when I started training after that, because my ego would not let me not train because I got beat by that mom, uh, I would go run and I would start to get hives on the inside of my wrist and my forearm and they would stick around for 30, 40 minutes. And this was before grad school. And, you know, I was into health and fitness, but it, I mean, that was like me, right? you know, working out and reading men's health. Um, and I would get these hives. Well, the more I ran or the, you know, the more I accumulated running and would run a little harder, a little longer, these hives started to track up and anybody that's familiar with, uh, you know, anaphylaxis, the closer that things get to your throat area, the more worrisome it can become, but these hives would show up and, you know, they would dissipate. And I started looking up things like exercise induced, uh, urticaria, um, you can have heat induced, uh, urticaria or hives, um, all these things. So, you know, I didn't know anything about anything at that point. I was just like, what the hell's going on? And it was getting bad. It would go across my whole chest. It would go into my back. Well, this was also right about the time that I was going into chiropractic school. And when I got into chiropractic school, this stuff was still happening. It definitely was worse. Um, when I was hot, which knowing what I know now that histamine is going to have an increased reaction when you are hot, that's, uh, you know, why you get a flush reaction when you're hot or you're in a sauna, or if some people get it with alcohol. Um, so I started to go see some different practitioners, which I'll talk about this again. I'm going to jump all over chronologically throughout my life. Um, but I saw some crazy practitioners. I saw like a applied kinesiology practitioner in uh, St. Louis, Missouri that, at one point told me I was allergic to my own um, sweat and had me collecting my clothes after workout and would bring it in and we'd do these crazy treatments. And I'm glad that happened in a, uh, a certain way because it showed me the far edge of uh, charlatanism within the profession. And hey, I never wanna do that. And I actually called the practitioner out, um, which maybe wasn't my place as a student, but I also just kind of brought it up in a fashion of like, what are we doing here? What's the aim? 
I'm really allergic to my own uh, sweat. Like, nah, maybe not. But those reactions dissipated over time. Now, the difference between me living in Alaska and me going to Cairo school for anybody out there that um, isn't familiar with chiropractic school, maybe not so much uh, now, but uh, I would say it is very healthy environment overall, right? Everybody is there. They're interested in health. People eat pretty healthy. You may still be, you know, going out and partying a little bit more than we normally would. Uh, but exercise, eating healthy, you know, crushing water throughout the day, like way healthier than my life in Alaska, where I worked in a, a gold refinery um, with honestly, uh, I love him to death. Uh, one is now <laughs> deceased uh, at a young age. She was a true blue alcoholic. My manager, who's still a good friend of the state, was an alcoholic. And I was drinking a bit more than I should have and not eating awesome, but not eating terrible either. Still exercising, but not a great lifestyle overall. That's part of the reason that I left Alaska. Um, so, you know, I go through school and I'm fairly, I, I wouldn't even say fairly healthy. I would say very healthy. And then I get hit in the face with this, uh, you know, what's going on when I get out of school, I'm in practice, of course, stress is building, but I'm not having these hive or year to carry reactions anymore. But now it's like, and my liver enzymes are a bit off and, um, I'm, you know, I'm peeing blood every once in a while when I go out and run, uh, my wife is starting to get a little bit worried. I'm starting to get a little, little bit worried. Um, but anytime we go to run tests, it's just like, well, you know, nothing's really terrible, which I'll, I'll kind of talk about one more, um, set of tests here. So if we fast forward to March 8th of 2016, we repeat tests because now we're saying, Hey, at least once a year, maybe every six months, uh, let's a, try to see if we can see if these liver enzymes just change. Secondarily, we got to now start tracking this white blood cell, uh, you know, issue or this neutropenia issue. And then also like, Hey, what's up with your vitamin D? You're a healthy guy. Like, let's get that up. So start supplementation, start all these things. So in March 8th, 2016, uh, my ALT was 58, which is getting higher. And now we start testing GGT, um, which is another amino transferase uh, or liver enzyme. Uh, and that is 119, which is pretty high for GGT. And GGT, and again, I'll talk about more what this can mean in upcoming episodes, because I'll talk about specifically, uh, you know, liver disease and some of the, the pathogenesis to it, which your liver is can be involved in almost anything from a health standpoint. Um, but also, my uh, LDL was slightly elevated, 137, total cholesterol 245, which there's a wide gambit of thoughts on normal variance within cholesterol and my functional medicine practitioner and myself, um, which she's always respected in my position within the healthcare realm too. And we were kind of like, hey, not that worried about that. Um, but then we go back down to my vitamin D. It's actually, this is, I've started supplementing with vitamin D. I think we were doing uh, D3 plus K from, I, I think it was Thorn. I, I would have, I don't mean it, it's been a long time, Thorn. It's down from 28 to 26. This is less than a year um, away from the initial test. Um, and now we're starting to test more stuff. At this point, we tested thyroid hormones, uh, serum folate, magnesium, sex hormones, start testing uh, testosterone, run a urinalysis because of some of the hematuria issues. Uh, everything checks out. It's just these liver enzymes are slightly elevated. Uh, my vitamin D is not bumping up. So we're like, what is going on here? Um, so here's the kind of, you know, cliffhanger for the next episode where we talked about these liver enzymes and now we're seeing vitamin D. Well, if you know 
you know, anything about vitamin D, you know, it's conjugated or basically made available for the body to uh, send out to the, you know, 26, 27 different processes that vitamin D is involved in, in your liver. And so now, you know, knowing what I know now and looking back again, you can always connect dots when you look retrospectively, it's way easier, um, you know, unless you're just a genius and can figure this stuff out, just looking at bare bones data. But when you look at stuff, you're like, hey, I, I'm not, you know, maybe, uh, creating a bioavailable form of vitamin D in my liver. My liver enzymes are elevated. Um, I'm having a massive histamine reaction, which histamine um, is largely processed through your liver, uh, especially the back end of it. So in my mind, knowing what I know now, even though my liver enzymes were elevated, like we should have been looking heavier into, you know, what are things that would affect your liver in this fashion? Um, and we hadn't done any imaging or anything like that at this point. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, the jump into the story and there's a huge backstory to my, my diving into the healthcare industry, what happened early in life. Uh, but for this episode, let's leave it at, you know, I, uh, maybe it was a bit lackadaisical after those first labs came back to saying like, Hey, you're maybe per your blood work, which sometimes we get too hopped up on blood work. It's almost like looking at an MRI for low back pain, like, we don't know the normal variants within uh, subsets of the population. We're looking at epidemiological pools of data of which we base pathological values for labs on, which is not the greatest because in general, people are really unhealthy. Uh, so sometimes we shouldn't pay attention to that. But if people are generally unhealthy, that means that the pathological levels are usually bumping up. So if you think you're healthy and you're outside of those uh, pathologic norms or I guess normative values, maybe something is going in. Um, but let's be honest, at this point in my life, I wanted to have my cake and eat it too. And I just kind of thought like, well, I can just keep doing whatever I'm doing and this will just go away. Like I wasn't exploring it fully. We were trying to work on it, maybe monitor. Um, but you know, I'm just living my life, uh, exercise as hard as I want, burn the candle at both ends in the business, uh, eating healthy, but still going out and partying and doing all this stuff. And uh, yeah, uh, like anything, uh, a, a time will come to pay. Uh, so on that note, I will leave you guys until the next episode. Let me know if you have any questions, if you've dealt with anything like this, uh, and I'll be pulling in a lot of data and research as we go through this. A, because it's helping me work through my process now that I'm going back and analytically taking an approach to this, but also if somebody's dealt with this stuff, um, this is what I want to start uh, helping people with in my practice is taking, you know, the name of my practice is the farm functional athletic rehabilitation and movement that M when we first opened was medicine, the Alabama state board of chiropractic examiners forced us to change it from medicine to movement, even though in the state bylaws, it's called chiropractic medicine. But the four uh, thought for me was that, yeah, we want to practice functional rehabilitation, but also functional medicine. Um, so if I can help anybody out with what I've learned and now uh, me being able to use my personal experience, but also knowledge to help people, that's my aim. So I appreciate you guys listening or watching and I will see you all next time.